Well, hey, good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday. Welcome to the Edge Church Online. Uh, my name is Stephen Van Den, and I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, really glad to have you joining with us today as we continue on in our sermon series that we're calling Parables. And uh, in this series, we're just looking at some of the different parables we find in scriptures. Parables, if you remember, are just uh, short stories with a, with a moral and a spiritual uh, truth or lesson behind them. And, and we're looking at some of the parables that, that Jesus teaches us in the Gospels about the kingdom of heaven. And so this morning, we're going to look together at a, a, a parable that's, that's often lesser known than some of the other parables. It's a parable called uh, the, the parable of the wedding banquet. And so uh, we'll look together at this. And then as always, at the end of our message, I'll leave you with some questions uh, just as a way to reflect upon the message a way for you to process, a way for uh, you maybe to spend some time journaling or, or to take some time just to talk together with the people in your home uh, or the house church that you're gathered with. And so I want to start uh, by just praying for us, inviting the Lord to speak to us through his word, and then we'll jump into the message together. Let's pray. Uh, Father, thank you for this morning. God, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. Uh, God, I thank you that that your word is true and God, that you say, uh, Lord, that that your word is living and active, that Lord, your, God, your word accomplishes its purpose. And so I pray, Father, that as we open up your word, God, that you would speak to us, that you would minister by your spirit. God, give us ears to hear from you today. Uh, Lord, give us hearts that are open just to receive of you. Help us to see in our story today, God, what it is that you have for us individually, uh, for our hearts and our lives, God, for the work that you wanna do in and through us. Uh, so Lord, we just invite you into this time. Have your way in us, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. So if you have your Bible, open it up to Matthew chapter 22. And before we, we read this together, I wanna just give you a little bit of context to, to set this up. Jesus here has been teaching in the temple courts where he's being questioned by the religious leaders who've really been plotting against him. They've been looking for ways to, to trap Jesus in his own words, questioning him about his authority and about these claims that he is making that he himself is the Messiah, the, the promised one sent from God. And so, so in response to these questions, Jesus shares three different parables that all essentially uh, make the same point in addressing them. And, and our parable today is the third of these parables. It's, it's the return of the Jedi parable, if you will, uh, that Jesus is using to teach them and us about the kingdom of heaven. And here's what it says, starting in verse one. It, it says, Jesus spoke to them again in parables saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. Now, 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 really quickly here, just as a reminder, when, when Jesus is talking about the kingdom of heaven, he, he's, not, he's talking not simply about uh, like you going to heaven someday when you die, but, he, but he's talking ultimately about the rule and the reign of God in the world and in a person's life. He, he's talking about the way of God and of those who are a part of him and his kingdom, those who are fully submitted their whole life, relationships, careers, calling purpose, physical life, emotional life, thought life, spiritual life, all, an entire life all placed under the rule and the reign of God. It's talking about God's way. And, and so Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He, he sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. 
Then he sent some more servants and said, tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fattened cattle have been butchered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. Let's just stop there for a minute. The king here in this story is God and God is preparing here a wedding banquet for his son, his son being Jesus. And so this is the picture. God, the God of the universe, preparing, inviting people to join him in the celebration and the honoring of his son, Jesus, to come into his kingdom, to come into his presence, and and notice how the people respond. Uh, At at first, we see that that they refuse to come, that that, that they said they would. They they said, yes, they would come, and the invitation went out, but but now they refuse to come. And and so rather than just dismiss them, God the king, he, he, he sends out another invitation because that's just how loving and gracious God is. God pursues us again and again. And, and then in the next time we see in verse five, it tells us that, but they, but they paid no attention and went off, one to his field, another to his business. And then it says, the rest seized his servants, mistreated them and killed them. The king was enraged, it says, and so he sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Now, here in this context, Jesus is specifically talking about the nation of Israel, the, the chosen people of God and their rejection of him as Messiah. But, but, but though he's talking about Israel, this certainly all applies to us as well. Jesus is saying to Israel, listen, I have come for you to show you the, the real and the true way to be the people of God, the, the real way to be a part of God's kingdom. And it isn't by your religious works. It's not by your religious rules and your tradition. It is by relationship with God through his son, Jesus, by putting your trust and your hope in him. And Jesus is saying, listen, I I want you to receive me. I I want you to accept me, to accept my invitation for you to come to God through me, but you won't. Uh, You're you're too busy. You're you're too stubborn. You're you're, you're too caught up in your own ways and your own works. And and you've even mistreated and, and some even killed some of my prophets, my messengers that I have sent to invite you. And so by rejecting the son, then you are rejecting the king and the king is against you. And so in verse seven, where it says that, that the king sends an army to destroy them and to burn their city, this is a prophetic declaration that Jesus is making about Israel because ultimately some 40 years after the, the, the death of Jesus, the Romans do come into Israel and they destroy their temple and their religious life. They burn it all to the ground. And so Israel rejects God's invitation through Jesus. But the the real question for us is in in this is, what about me? What about you? Will will you receive Jesus' invitation to turn from your sin and to put your hope and trust in him and his finished work for you on the cross? Or or, or are you more like those in the story who who maybe just refuse altogether or maybe who refuse to listen? Maybe you're just too busy uh, living your own life on your own terms in your own way, caught up in your own pursuits, trying to earn salvation or heaven by your own good works, even religious ones. Do you scoff at the gospel of Jesus Christ and his salvation? Do you mock those who talk about him and make much of him? There's this warning for us here in this parable. 
As we keep reading in verse 8, it picks up and it says, Then he, that's the king, said to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you can find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. Here's the point of that that part of our passage right here. It's, It's that everyone is invited to be part of God's kingdom through Jesus. Israel thought that the Messiah was was just for them and for their salvation, but God sent Jesus for the sake of all of mankind to be set free from sin and death, to be invited into his life and into his eternal kingdom. Everyone and anyone is welcome to come to Jesus, into his kingdom, into the family of God. Not just the people that you might think deserve to be there, not, not just the people you think are worthy of God. But, 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 it, but Jesus came for the unworthy. Jesus came for the sinner, for the people that maybe you think are bad, for, for the people that, that do things that maybe you despise, for the people who are maybe different than you, the, the people who think different than you, people who look different than you, people maybe who vote different you, you know, the, the, the bad ones, the, the bad people. Jesus came for all of them. So all of us are the same then when it comes to Jesus. One of my favorite verses in all the scripture is 1 Timothy uh, 1 verse 15. And the apostle Paul says, here is a trustworthy saying that it deserves full acceptance. He says, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. And I love this because though this is the apostle Paul saying this, this Scripture, this verse applies to every single one of us. All of us are sinners in need of the grace of God to forgive us and to save us. And when we realize that, when we recognize the depth of our own sin that separates us from God, when we realize how much God has paid on our behalf, then we also realize, listen, there isn't anybody worse than me. And, and so that makes me able to, to be with, to dwell with anybody because I'll never meet anyone who is worse and more needing of God's grace than I am. And I'll never meet anyone or be with anyone better. Like Dave said in his message last week, then the good news here is that everyone is invited to Jesus. You are invited to Jesus and his eternal life to be part of the kingdom of heaven, regardless of who you are and what you've done or what you've had done to you, you are invited right now, today. And, and that's amazing grace. But, but, but that's not the end of the story that Jesus tells. Look at this, starting in verse 11, it says, but when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. He asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? And I love this line, it says, and the man was speechless. Now, now, this is interesting here because that phrase to, where it says he came to see the guests, in its original language, it actually means more like to inspect the guests. Okay, so, so the king, as the king comes in, as he's inspecting the guests, he recognizes this man who is there who is not wearing the wedding clothes, the wedding garments. And the king is, is, is like, how did you get in here? Like, like you're not wearing a tuxedo. You don't have on the tie. You're not wearing what everyone else is wearing at this party. And, and the point here is this, that, that when it comes to salvation, salvation is personal. That, that though everyone is invited, God deals with you as an individual. 
And this man here, he's not wearing the wedding garments that would have been given to him by the king to wear. The the wedding garments that everyone else had on them, but, but apparently he chose not to. You could say that he wanted God's kingdom, that that he wanted God's benefits, that he wanted God's salvation, but he wanted them on his own terms and in his own way. You you could say that that he wanted the things of God, but he didn't want to have to change in response. He, He wasn't willing to put off his old self and to put on Christ, to put off his old way and to put on the way of Christ. And Jesus says to us in places like John 14, 6, he says, listen, I am the way and the truth and the life. He says, no one, no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus says, there's only one way to God. There's only one way to be saved. There's only one way to receive the the wedding garment of righteousness, to be welcomed into the kingdom of God. And I, Jesus says, am that way. And so when the man must give an account to the king, to God, he has nothing to say. He is speechless, it says, because he knows that before God, he is guilty and without excuse. God invited him and he he offered him his robe of righteousness in place of his sin. Only he rejected that and wanted to receive his own way. And so what does the king do with him? Listen to this, verses 13 and 14. It says, Then the king told the attendants, Tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth for many are invited, but few are chosen. This right here, to be honest, is why this uh, isn't a real popular parable and, and not one that pastors tend to often talk about and people know very well. Because, because for us in the modern Western world, we don't really like versions of God that, that look anything different than, than like some nice old grandfather in a rocking chair who just loves and accepts everybody without expectation, without any kind of standard. We struggle to see God as this king of everything, including us, who, who despise displays righteous anger towards sin and exercises judgment upon those who reject his son. We say things like, like I could never follow a God that fill in the blank as if somehow the king of everything answers to us. Not realizing that, that we are the man in the story, not wearing the wedding garments, unwilling to yield to the rule and the reign of God. See, most people love the idea of Jesus as Savior who generously gives up his own life for our sin and offers us his grace. But many people struggle to receive Jesus as Lord where in turn we surrender our life fully unto him and his way. And Jesus here doesn't shy away from the eternal consequence of our response to God's invitation that when when you and I, when we choose to reject Jesus, when we say with our words and our our actions, I don't want you or your way, when we reject the rule and reign of God in our lives, the natural implication is is for us to end up in outer darkness. Because as scripture says, God himself is the light. That in him there is no darkness at all. So to be apart from him is to be in the darkness. And so this parable, in a sense, then it's a rebuke to Israel and its religious leaders, but it's also a warning and an invitation to us. And so so, so just a few things for for you here, and I'll wrap us up. 
Uh, first, notice that, that the first group that we, we read about accepted the invitation. They RSVP'd already, if you will. Uh, they, they said that I'd be there, but when the time came, they rejected it and they didn't show up. The, the, the caution for us here is to be sure that we aren't doing that very thing where, where we would say, I accepted God's invitation, but ultimately then in the end, we don't show up. So, so, so like maybe you prayed a prayer once when you were a kid, when you were at that church camp or Bible school or wherever you were to receive Jesus, or, or you got baptized some time ago and you said, I will follow Jesus, or, or you show up to participate in communion where we remember Christ with the rest of the church. That, that, all those things are you saying, God, I'm coming. But, but ultimately saying a prayer, doing religious things doesn't save you. And, and, and furthermore, salvation isn't so much about a moment of your life, but, but a whole life lived by faith in Christ till the very end. So, so the real question then here for everyone is not, did you say yes to Jesus at some point in your life? The, the real question is, are you saying yes to him now? Are, are you following Jesus today? Secondly, notice this, that, that it says Jesus' servants are the ones that, that he's sent to go out and to bring about, to give his invitation, uh, to invite others into his kingdom. And so the question for us is, is what about us? Are, are, are we doing that? Are, are you inviting others to Jesus? Are you sharing Christ with others and his invitation for them to come to him? Are, are you sharing the good news of the gospel? Are you sharing your testimony? Do, do the people in your life even know that you're a Christian or anything of Jesus because of you? Note, notice here that the king tells them to go and invite others, to tell them he doesn't tell them to go set up a lemonade stand and, and maybe hand out some waters on the road and hopefully they'll figure out in the end that, that, that they're invited to come into God's kingdom and be a part of him. And, and, and I'm not in some way, I'm not making little of good deeds or, or of practical works, but, but ultimately the gospel is a proclamation that we make with our mouths and our works. The Apostle Paul says in Romans 10 verses 14 and 15, talking about reaching those who don't yet know Christ. He says, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching or telling it to them? And how can they preach unless they're sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. This is the call of the servants of God to proclaim him, to invite others to him. Is that true of you this morning? Are, are you sharing Christ and his invitation to come? This is our calling as the people of God and the church to know Christ and to make him known. Is that true of us? Finally, I'll leave you with this. God, the king of the universe, is inviting you to himself. God, the king of the universe, is inviting you to be a part of his kingdom, to be a part of his family, to receive his grace and his life for you, to receive Christ as your savior and your Lord, to turn from sin and to put your hope and your trust in him and his finished work 
for you on that cross. That, that, that's the trade. It, it's your sin for his righteousness. That's the wedding garment. It's not your good works. It's Jesus' righteousness. And the question for you this morning is, will you accept his invitation? As always, there's so many things that we could get into with this story, but I want to leave you just with some questions for you to ponder, for you to consider, um, for you to chew on, um, to think about, to pray about, to talk about with the people in your home or in your house church gathering. And so three questions I'm going to leave you with, and then I'll close this in prayer, uh, and, and you can feel free to just just sort of process through this message. So question number one, really simple. We, we do this one regularly. What's your biggest takeaway from this message, from this parable of Jesus? What is it that really stands out to you? What is it that speaks to your heart and right where you're at today? That's the first question. Here's the second question. How have you responded to God's invitation to you? What has God's invitation to you through Christ looked like in your life? Here's the third question. How are you sharing God's invitation with others? How are you taking this good news that the king of the universe is inviting you to be a part of his kingdom? How are you taking the good news of salvation through Christ to the people around you? I'm gonna just pray for us uh, and and close us and and then just invite you to spend some time thinking about this message, uh, talking to the Lord about this message and talking about those you're gathered with about it as well. Let's pray. Father, thanks for this morning. God, thank you for your word. Uh, Jesus Thank you for teaching us. God, thank you for loving us enough to to teach us about who you are, what you're like, and God, how it is that we might be a part of you and your kingdom, how we might receive your grace in your life. Father, I pray that for every single person today, God, every person watching, every person who will at some point later, Father, that you would speak to them, God, by this word, by your word, Lord God, that, that you would minister truth in every heart, God, that eyes would be open to see the reality of who you are. God, to see the reality of who we are apart from you. And God, that you, by your grace, Lord, that we could receive you and your invitation. Lord, would you move in every single heart this morning. God, I pray for, for the families that are gathered, for the house churches that are gathered, Lord, in their time of just sharing together, of talking together. Lord, I pray that you would use that time, uh, God, for them to minister to one another, to encourage one another, to be sharpened by one another. God, that by your spirit, you would minister in us. Have your way in us, Jesus, I pray. Amen.